0: Hey friends, welcome to the Word for Everyday Disciples with Dave DeSelm, a weekly podcast that brings biblical teaching to everyday people in ways we can understand and then put into practice. I'm your host, Gwen DeSelm, and I'm so glad to have you along today. Our teacher is Dave DeSelm. Dave spent over 40 years in pastoral ministry, planting, growing, and leading a church. Currently, he is the executive director of Dave DeSelm Ministries offering resources for everyday pastors and the people they lead, such as a weekly blog, devotionals, coaching, speaking, and more. You can find out more about us at davedusselministries.org. When it comes to the realm of faith, we tend to think of doubt as a bad thing, that it's a sign of spiritual weakness or immaturity. But what if doubt could actually make our faith stronger? what if uncertainty could give meaning to faith? That's what Dave's going to explore in this message as he continues the series, Faith and Doubt.
1: For now, I'm going to ask you to get your Bibles out if you would. And open them up to the book of Job. The book of Job. For some of you who've never been there before, Psalms is in the middle of your Bible. Go to the middle and hang a left. You'll run right into it. The book of Job. Chapter 42, last chapter of the book of Job. Verse 1. Then Job replied to the Lord, I know you can do all things. No plan of yours can be thwarted. You asked, Who is this that obscures my counsel without knowledge? Surely I spoke of things I did not understand, things too wonderful for me to know. You said, Listen now, and I will speak, and I'll question you, and you'll answer me. My ears had heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. Therefore, I despise myself and repent in dust and ashes. Many of you have heard of Job. He's kind of the poster child for pain, loss, and suffering. Job went through so very, very much. But what strikes me here in the 42nd chapter is notwithstanding that we know what happened to Job suffering-wise, many of us have never realized what happened to Job maturation-wise. Look again at verse 5. Verse 5. My ears had heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. I used to know things about you. I used to have some understanding of you. But having traversed this valley of uncertainty, having gone through this time of pain, suffering, and loss, I see you now as I never saw you before. I've come to know you now in ways that I never knew you before. That's why he responded the way he did in verse six. I need to simply repent of my arrogance that I had you all nailed down, that I had you all understood. I repent. Now, lest you think that Job was some kind of a spiritual lightweight, hold a finger here in the 42nd chapter and go back to chapter 1. Go back to chapter 1 just to let you see contextually what kind of guy this was who'd grown so much. Job chapter 1, verses 1 to 3. In the land of Uz, not Oz, Uz, in the land of Uz there lived a man whose name was Job, Now watch, this man was blameless and upright. He feared God and he shunned evil. He had seven sons and three daughters. He owned 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 donkeys, and had a large number of servants. He was the greatest man among all the people of the East. This guy was not some kind of a lightweight. He was a good man. He was a righteous man. He was a godly man. And yet... As he traversed this valley of pain, he became even more. I'd suggest to you that it was through his uncertainty that he was given a gift. And the gift was his own maturation, his own depth. That's what I want to talk to you about today, the gift of uncertainty. Last week, we talked about the mountaintop of faith, how it's easy to believe on the mountaintop. Where it gets difficult is when you pass through a valley. Another set of verses, this time from the book of Psalms, that you see by way of the side screen. Notice the words. Psalm 84, Blessed are those whose strength is in you, who have set their hearts on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, literally the valley of tears. As they pass through the valley of tears, they make it a place of springs. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God. To be sure, valleys are very difficult to traverse. But the psalmist says, when you pass through the valley of tears, you can find springs. You can find points of strength. And if you're willing to look for them, you can be more after having gone through the valley rather than less. Four ways that uncertainty could be a gift. If you want to take some notes, here's your first one: uncertainty gives meaning to our faith. Uncertainty gives meaning to our faith. Uh, this past June, Gwen and I celebrated 33 years of marriage. Uh, 33 years, and uh, yeah, what makes that all more the more remarkable is that how weird it was when it started. And uh, yeah, you may not know this, but there is a seven-year age difference between Gwen and me. She's seven years older than me, and. <laughs> And eh, not quite. I'm seven years older than her. And that isn't, at this time of our lives, that's not that big a deal. Except when I hear oldies on the radio and I say, ah, that takes me back to when I was a junior in high school. And she says, I was in fourth grade. And that <laughs> But back in the early days, it was strange. It was borderline, mm, weird. Because where I met her was as her Sunday school teacher. Now, if any youth workers are in here, I know we're training our students, our workers. Don't do this. I do not. I'll probably fire you if you do this. (laughs) But this, true confessions, I was her Sunday school teacher and her quiz coach, her Bible quiz coach. And so when we began to, I began to feel some attraction to her, uh, I thought, oh boy. This has, this is a minefield this has all sorts of potential danger to it. I mean, what what if the feelings I have toward her she doesn't have for me? Or what if she has some initial feelings for me, but you know, it just doesn't work out? It does not look good for a high school Sunday school teacher to start dating juniors in the youth group. This is not a good thing. The hardest part of our relationship was the uncertainty. It was also the greatest part of our relationship. One author describes dating as an adventure in strategic uncertainty. I like these words you see by way of the screen. It is precisely the experience of uncertainty that makes possible the euphoria of what we call falling in love. We go through this intense time of questioning, wondering, hoping, doubting. Does she really care? Does he really like me? And when the answer is yes, it's like an endorphin tidal wave, isn't it? And it's this most wonderful thing in the world. I'd suggest to you, or these authors suggest to you, that it is the roller coaster ride of the agony of doubt and the ecstasy of of understanding that brings the emotional TNT to a dating relationship. We think we want certainty, but we really don't. What we want is trust. What we want is voluntary trust out of mystery. That's what we want. Have any of you ever seen a movie called The Stepford Wives? Yeah. Uh, In this movie, in a community called Stepford, all the wives have been replaced by robots, right? Robots who look exactly like the wives. Um, There's no uncertainty, there's no need for faith, there's no need for trust. But guys, let me just ask you something. Would you really want a woman who always dressed up for you, always fixed food for you, always cleaned up after you, always agreed with whatever you said, always devoted herself to your pleasure at the expense of her free will, would you really want that? The answer is no, man. (laughs) Some of you are in real trouble right (laughs) right about now. No! (laughs) You people scare me sometimes. (laughs) This movie is a nightmare. It's a tragedy. The tragedy is that there is no real relationship because a relationship is born of trust. A relationship finds its intimacy when in the midst of other options, a person chooses to trust. Trust. Now, God knew this. Hold your finger in Job and go back to Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2, beginning in verse 15. We've got the story of of Adam, and of course, you know, Eve was added to the scene. But in 2.15, take a look at what it says. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, "You are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat of it, you'll die." Question: Why did God put the tree there? Because he did not want stepford children. He did not want robots. He wanted people who, in the midst of the uncertainty and the mystery, would dare to trust, would dare to trust him. Could it be that the intimacy that we see in chapter 3, where the Lord God talked with Adam and Eve and walked with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day, was born of the fact that in the mystery of uncertainty, they had chosen to trust him? Friends, I'd suggest to you that uncertainty adds meaning to our faith. It just does. We're in an uncertain trust relationship with God, but that's what gives it its power. Second, uncertainty adds humility to our faith. Humility. Uncertainty is a wonderful reminder of a nagging little detail that I often forget. There is a God and it is not me. There is a God and it is not me. Leading the list of my pet peeves are know-it-alls. And I think the worst kind of know-it-alls are spiritual know-it-alls. Sometime back there was this comic strip in which St. Peter is interviewing a guy who's just come through the pearly gates. And Peter says, you were a believer, yes, but you skipped the uh, not being a jerk about it part. I know a lot of believers who skipped the not being a jerk about it part. And typically they're jerks because they're know-it-alls. They know everything. And they've had this holier-than-thou attitude out of their ability to understand and explain everything. And somehow it's a little like saccharin. We know it's sweet, but there's something artificial about it. I know what it's like to traffic as a know-it-all jerk. Early on in my ministry, I was really smart. I was. I could explain all the theological conundrums. I could unravel all the mysteries. I could win all the arguments. You know what I discovered? People really didn't care. 30 years into it, I am not nearly as smart as I used to be. I got a lot of questions. And I struggle with a lot of mystery. And many times I don't even want to get in the argument because it's not worth fighting about anyway. And I find myself grappling with this thing called humility. In the uncertainty that has come in my spiritual pilgrimage, I have a whole new level of humility that I think has been a gift through the valley. Apparently God doesn't think a whole lot of know-it-alls. Back in Job 42, did you keep a finger there? Back in Job 42, look at God's response to the know-it-alls who came to tell Job why everything had happened, who tried to explain it all to him. Job 42, beginning in verse 7, after the Lord had said these things to Job, he said to Eliphaz, the Temanite, I'm angry with you and your two friends because you have not spoken of me what is right, as my servant Job has. So now take seven bulls and seven rams and go to my servant Job and sacrifice a burnt offering for yourselves. My servant Job will pray for you, and I'll accept his prayer and not deal with you according to your folly. You have not spoken of me what is right, as my servant Job has. Somehow God was more pleased with Job's honest doubt than with the arrogance of the know-it-alls. Uncertainty can add a humility to your faith, but that only comes when you walk through the Valley of Baca.
0: Thank you for listening to The Word for Everyday Disciples with Dave Deselm. Dave will be back in just a moment with the rest of his message. If you're enjoying this podcast and you haven't done so yet, make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode then help others find us by leaving a review, giving us a five-star rating, and sharing this podcast with your friends and family. If you'd like to support us in this ministry, go to davediselmministries.org and click on the Donate button. Dave DeSelm Ministries offers resources for everyday pastors so they can equip the everyday people they lead to become everyday disciples. And one of the ways we do that is through the Everyday Pastor blog. In each post, Dave offers practical insight and personal experience born of over 40 years of pastoral leadership. This weekly blog covers topics everyday pastors and leaders need to strengthen their skills, sharpen their vision, and care for their souls. You can find the Everyday Pastor blog on our website, davedeselmministries.org. And while you're there, click on the subscribe button and you can have each new post sent directly to your email inbox. Now let's get back to Dave and the third gift of uncertainty.
1: Uncertainty creates depth in your faith. Depth. It is very dangerous when you get to the point where you think you've got God all nailed down and you've got his ways all figured out that you have God understood Because the fact of the matter is, it could be that the picture you have of the God you figured out isn't really God at all. There was a Greek poet who lived multiple hundred years before Christ named Xenophanes. He became critical of the pantheon of Greek gods and he made an observation that people tended to fashion gods based upon what they wanted them to be like. He said it was interesting how the Greek gods were all glorified Greeks. The Persian gods look an awful lot like the Persians. The Thracian gods were remarkably similar to the Thracian people. Each culture had a tendency to make God in their own image. Why? Because they could control him. Fully understanding him, they could control him, and they were comfortable with him. It really hasn't changed. There was a movie out some time back. I don't recommend the movie, but I read this one quote, which I thought, a Talladega Nights. Ricky Bobby is this guy in it, and I read this quote of one of Ricky Bobby's prayers. Tiny baby Jesus in your tiny baby Jesus manger with your tiny baby Einstein developmental videos, use your tiny Jesus superpowers to help me win the race. This was his prayer. When Ricky Bobby's wife says he's supposed to pray to a grown up Jesus, he says, No, I like the Christmas Jesus. The baby Jesus makes me feel good. You can pray to the teenage Jesus or the bearded Jesus if you want to, but I want to pray to baby Jesus. He'd made a God in his own image, he was comfortable with baby Jesus, he could control baby Jesus. Uncertainty shows us that we cannot control God. We can't understand God. And out of that, there is depth in our faith. He's bigger. He's more majestic. Isaiah 40, we looked at some weeks back, but let me show it to you again about this God who is. To whom will you compare me? Or who is my equal, says the Holy One? Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all these? he who brings out the starry host one by one and calls each of them by name, because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. What's God saying? I am beyond your comprehension, but I am not beyond your understanding. I am beyond knowing completely, but I am not beyond you knowing at least in part. Look at me. Then he continues on balancing his transcendence, his greatness with his eminence, his personalness. Next verse is, why do you say, O Jacob, and complain, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord. My cause is disregarded by my God. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not get weary. They will walk and not be faint. When you face uncertainty, you gain depth. He is bigger. And more, you gain humility, you find meaning. And number four, uncertainty allows for growth in our faith. As hunger prompts us to seek out food, uncertainty prompts us to seek out truth. I need to know, I need to know. I like how Frederick Buechner puts it, doubts are the ants in the pants of faith. They keep it awake and moving. There have been seasons in my life when I have grown greatly. Seasons in my life when my maturation has taken an upward turn. Those were not the seasons of the mountaintops. Those were the seasons in the Valley of Baca. It was in my Valley of Tears. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. It was in my valley of uncertainty that I was forced to plumb the depths of what I really believed. And it was there that I began to grow in maturity. I remember one came in the heels uh, of a broken relationship. Indeed, to be honest with you, it was a broken engagement three months before our wedding. I can remember so clearly back in the early 70s, standing outside and looking at a starry sky, my eyes blurred by tears and saying, I have lost the most important person in my life. You are all I have left. I have to know you. I cannot go on in my belief if I can't know you more. In my valley of tears, it pushed me. And then with Jeremiah 29, 13, clearly in mind, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. I basically said to God, I've lost the most important person in my life. I have to find a new most important person. And I want it to be you. I entered into three years of postgraduate spiritual growth. I was doing my first master's work then. I had no relationship, didn't have too many friends. I threw myself at God. Every morning after breakfast, I'm in the Word, praying, studying. I have to know you. I have to know you. I take my sack lunch out to IPFW. Go back out to my car once more. I I studied his attributes. I studied apologetics, the reason for faith. In the evening, again, with no relationship, I threw myself back into it for three years. And it was in those three years in the Valley of Baca that I began to grow, that I began to see that he, in fact, was the most important person in my life, the Valley of Tears. In those three years, I wasn't going, I didn't know where to go to church. Someone suggested First Missionary Church. I thought, I'd never heard of the missionary church, but they said, it's a good church. So I went there. And I thought, well, I better get involved so they made me assistant junior high Sunday school teacher. You cannot get lower on the totem pole than assistant junior high Sunday school teacher. (laughs) Eventually, I became junior high Sunday school teacher, and assistant Bible quiz coach. And later I became senior high Sunday school teacher and Bible quiz coach. And that's when I met a 17-year-old girl. I would never have met her, and I certainly would never have been the right man for her had I not gone through the Valley of baca. When you pass through the valley of uncertainty, you can indeed go from spring to spring. It can bring meaning to your faith. It certainly will bring humility to your faith. It can bring depth to your faith. And indeed, it can bring growth to your faith. It's never easy to be in a valley. That's why to be part of a church is so important. A, A small group, a ministry team It's tough to navigate valleys of doubt alone, but they can be navigated. And you can come through them stronger in the end as you do.
0: Thank you so much for joining us for The Word for Everyday Disciples with Dave DeSelm. If you'd like to let Pastor Dave know how this message has blessed you, send him an email at dave at davedeselmministries.org. Then join us next time as we look to God's Word for help and hope as we follow Jesus every day.